Well done. I'm thinking about, I love to have the kids come up and uh, share their memory verse. And um, who knows, maybe one of these days, since us grown-ups got some, got some memory verses a month or two ago, maybe one of you will be brave one day and come up here and say, Jesus wept or something, right? Okay? But I'd like to, f- I'm kind of trying to figure out ways to freshen up the, um, that process for the kids. Because it's good for them to come up and share, but... Um, um, you know, I just want to keep things fresh with the kids, too. So there's probably some changes. Oh, one other thing that I want to talk to you about before I launch into the message. Um, this is something prayerfully that uh, we, the leaders here, have been considering and praying about, and especially uh, Lisa and I have been about this. But Lisa and I are now on a quest. We are looking for um, a youth pastor that we can bring to our church. Yeah. Yeah, wahoo. Yeah, that's good news. You know, um, we've been here for about six months, and... We really believe in families, and if you were to look at our church and, and our ability to care for people of different ages, there's a glaring hole. We have terrific ministry here for children and our youngest preteen kids. I mean, there's really, really good things going on right now that are going to be going on, um, but then we, we have this need. So I just want you to know, and be praying, praying about this, we're seriously pursuing who would be the right person or couple to care for young people in our, in our church and in our community, and um, we're, we're ratcheting up aggressive search. So just thought you should know about that. In fact, let's pray about it. Lord, guide us there. Guide us. We don't just want to add people to just add people to a leadership team, but Lord, you already know who you have been preparing, whose heart you have been shaping, whose tomorrows you are ordering in order to join this family and this ministry team. So, Lord, guide us to them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Proverbs today, uh, Proverbs 10.20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. Do you ever, you know, start thinking in your mind, I wonder what other people are thinking about. I mean, we all do. I wonder what he's thinking about, she's thinking about. But what's really going on an awful lot in people's minds? I mean, what kinds of things are people thinking when they're all alone inside their head, which is most of the time, right? We, wh- what are people thinking? I think a lot of times people are thinking things like, am I going to be laid off? Will I always be alone? Can I do anything right? I mean, I mean, it's easy to let your mind get lost in a sea of negative thoughts. It's really easy to do that. You know, I'll never be good enough. I hate the way I look. I couldn't make my hair do my thing today. It never works out for me. God just doesn't care about me. My life doesn't matter. And the Bible says this. It says, as a man thinks, so is he. It says that in the book of Proverbs. It really is our thoughts that count. I mean, um, you know, that saying we have about gifts. It's really true about life. It's our thoughts. And many of life's battles, the battles you and I wage, are fought right right between my, where my fingers are, right? Right between your ears. An awful lot of your battles happen right there. You know, um, to us that are Christians, to those of you who have opened your heart to the Lord and you're walking in relationship with Jesus, there came a moment where you opened your heart to the Lord and that moment a war started. A battle began. And, 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 and the Apostle Paul describes that, and, and he talks about it um, in Romans chapter 7. He basically says, you know, there are lots of things that I know I should do, but I just don't do them. 
And there are a bunch of things that I shouldn't do, and somehow I end up doing them. And I just don't know, what's the deal with that? I need some help with that. I mean, he talks about this battle. That battle rages, and I think it's, it's, it's this battle that goes on between the flesh part of us that just wants to do what we want to do, and the spirit part of us, the part of us that's connected to God, that wants to do the things that are pleasing to God, that battle just rages. And it's, you know, should I follow my earthly nature or should I, you know, connect with God and just go in the directions that the Lord is taking me? That battle, get, battle gets fought right there in the mind. And this is a problem that so many of us have because our mind has been polluted with toxic thoughts from the evil one. Toxic thoughts. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, toxic thoughts. We're going to, um, we're actually, I, 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 in a series that I was doing last October, November on relationships, one of the messages was toxic relationships, where I talked about the people in our lives that can actually damage our relationship with God and, and draw us away. And that kind of spawned some, at that time, I thought, oh, this might, you know, have some legs. So we're going to get into a little bit. We're going we're gonna to be in a series now. Um, back then, if you were here, you might, you know, you, maybe you've forgotten, but, but we talked about relationships we, because we have a tendency to think that, that good people will be able to shape, you know, will lift up some bad character. But that's exactly the opposite of what the Word of God says. It says, it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad, bad company corrupt, corrupts good character. So uh, we, we, we talked about the fact that your relationships with other people can be your best asset or your biggest curse. You know, family psychos. We talked about family psychos. You got a family psycho. Every family must have a psycho. Uh, we talked about, you know, people that are negative and people who are controllers and people who are tempters. We talked about the things you could do. So toxic relationships, that's now spawning several other topics. Today it's toxic thoughts. Just to define for us, toxic means this. Anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. And I think a lot of people in the world are silently being poisoned um, by toxic thoughts. So Lord, as we wade into your word today, we seek after something of light and revelation, Lord. Speak to us in our personal circumstances through whatever way, God, in these next few minutes we we pray in Jesus' name. So I just want to let you know um, where I'm going to go with this. You know, I, I mentioned before it's going to be four weeks, or I think probably f- there's a series here, Toxic Today Thoughts, and we're going to come to toxic words. We're going to talk, talk about toxic religion. We're going to talk about other toxic influences. I am going to interrupt it for a week or two for Palm Sunday and Easter, which are really the biggest days of the year, in my mind. Way bigger than Christmas, as much as I love Christmas, and Christmas lights, and Christmas smell, and all of that. Easter, the day we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord is really, really the big day. Actually, I'm an Easter baby. I got saved in an Easter service. I forgot about that until just now. Wow, wahoo, 1973. (laughs) Can any of you remember that far? I think some of you can. (laughs) You know, toxic thoughts have always been a challenge for me, just like you. They've always been a challenge. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, you know, being a leader who stands up in front of people, it, now it's less scary. It, I didn't say it's not scary. I said it's less scary. It's, I, I take it so seriously because, you know, this is, this, this is a big deal to stand in front of people and, and share the word of God. It's, it's a high responsibility. 
man, I'm making myself more scared talking about it. <laughs> but there were times, you know, I'm, I'm certainly more comfortable now than I was times in the past because I would get up and I would, I would look and it would, people, you know, in, I would be doing my thing and in my mind, I would be hearing these things saying, you know, they're just looking at you. What you're saying makes no sense to them. This is a waste of their time. They're thinking about football. It's not even football season and they're thinking about football. <laughs> and my mind would play those things over and over again, especially when I'd be leading. But over time, I've learned to replace those thoughts with truth, to reject them, to identify them as, as false things and to reject them. And, you know, just to say, you know, oh, you know what? Wait a second. The Lord chose to hardwire Terry to be doing what I'm doing right now. This is a divine choice. It's not my choice. And, and the Lord prepared me, and maybe I stumble, and maybe I trip, and maybe I'm not as good as another guy, and all that kind of stuff. But the point is that I'm doing, and I'm pressing to where the Lord would call me to be. And I, I replace those lies with the truth of God. And you know, I can choose. Terry can make a choice. I'm going to walk into the shape and the gifts that the Lord has made me. Well, today I want to talk about those kinds of toxic thoughts because, you know, the bottom line is this. If you think negative thoughts, you'll become a negative person. And if you think like God, you'll become like Christ. That's basically the bottom line. So um, it's the thought that counts. Everybody say, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. Oh, good. Wow, I was going to make your... Let's do it again. It's the thought that counts. Good for you. Okay, so today, here's a couple of steps for dealing with toxic thoughts. First off, we're going to identify and reject toxic thoughts. Anything that's inconsistent with God's truth, we're just going to do that. Now, Proverbs um, 4.23 is a nice little one. I'm going to give it to you in two different translations. The first one is the New King James. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The, today's English version is pretty, pretty, it's pretty cool the way it says the same thing. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So we're going to, as people learn, to very carefully guard our thoughts. And whatever thoughts are inconsistent with the Word of God, we're just going to just say, nope. Because as a man thinks, so is he. So rather than accepting things that are contrary to the Lord's Word, we're going to stop letting that kind of stuff get into our brains. We're going to stop letting it soak its way in. I mean, you can't stop it from coming to you, but we're going to make this decision once it gets inside. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 10, and uh, you can turn there if you want. I've got a couple of scriptures that I will be reading in, in, in order. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. The word there is dunamis. You see that in the second chapter of Acts when we're, where you see God saying that the Holy Spirit will come with power. That's the same exact word, to demolish strongholds. Um, on the, the, so the weapons we have have power to demolish strongholds. And the word there is akumora. That, that word strongholds, it, 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 we think that it means castles and fortresses, and it does, but the actual translation in this use of the word means a prisoner locked by deception to demolish strongholds. So we're going to use the power of God's word to demolish something that wants to deceive us and keep us locked up. That's what goes on in our brain. Today, God's going to demolish those strongholds in people's lives. I believe it. I believe it. 
So let's continue on. Second Corinthians 10, um, it's uh, verse five. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, this thing of taking things captive, taking your thoughts captive, it's hard to do that, especially at two in the morning. It's really hard sometimes to take, take thoughts captive. You have to become proactive and there are things that you can do. The point though is that, that things that are contrary to the word of God, we're gonna reject them. We are not gonna become prisoners to those lies. We have to choose that. Not gonna keep playing the recordings over and over in our mind. We're not gonna think about things that'll hurt us. We're gonna carefully make our minds obedient to the mind of Christ. And I want you to know something. I've been praying about today and this moment, really. And I want you to know, I've been praying something that the Holy Spirit would do in your life and mine. And that's this. From this point forward, from right now, forward, in your mind, when toxic thoughts start to circulate, that you will recognize the Holy Spirit and say, hold it. Judge this thought. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Judge this thought doesn't agree with God's word. This is toxic. And you'll see a big old mental Mr. Yuck sticker. I mean, I mean to make, make, I mean, I don't know how this will work in your mind, but I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will gift you and me this way, that he will plant something in us, that he will always constantly bring us to a new level of reminder that there's this thought going in my mind. Hold it just right there. And you'll go, wow, whoa, 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 whoa. And so anyway, I'm going I'm to take a couple minutes with you and go into some categories. I'm going to give you four simple categories for toxic thinking, and you'll probably identify with some of these. Negative thoughts, fearful thoughts, discontented thoughts, and critical thoughts. Because if you and I can identify what are toxic thoughts, if we can identify them when they happen, it's a lot easier to reject them. We go, oh, 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 oh that's, that's what the Holy Spirit's reminding me about. So, okay, negative thoughts. You know, some people tend to be a little bit negative um, and some people are disgustingly positive, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it only is a person who tends negative that will make a crack like that, okay? So, I mean, I mean, you know, you, it's like me, okay? So I look around and sometimes I'm thinking, okay, what can go wrong? And, you know, you know that old half empty, half full I think all of us are somewhere, we've all got some of all of this, so don't look at me like you're all positive. I'm the only negative guy around here, okay? Um, but we've all got some of that in us. And so here's, here's an example. Here's some thoughts, you know. I don't have what it takes. No matter how hard I try, I'm never going to measure up. Everybody else gets all the breaks, never me. I just can't do it all. I, nobody appreciates me. I give and I give and I give and they just take and they just take and they just take. My hair will never do what I want it to do. So those are negative thoughts. Anybody ever have negative thoughts? Yeah, okay. Pretty much all of us. Okay, negative. Fearful thoughts. Am I going to lose my job? What am I going to do? There's terrorists. Kids are on drugs. According to the movie in 2012, the world's going to end. Oh, you didn't see that movie. Okay, I didn't see it either. I heard about it. The world's ending in 2012, according to Hollywood. Just in case, I wouldn't worry about that. Nobody's ever going to get married to me because nobody wants me. You know, I used to worry about my wife. I, I used to worry that, that um, you know, something would happen to her in the car. Or, 
Um, here's another one. I, I, wasn't, I didn't think about this till just now. When we were married, and hadn't been married very long, we moved into a house. We bought our first house. It was a um, house in an area, and it had been, the house had been empty for like six months. And I think that um, somebody somewhere had figured out if you jimmied a window in the back, you could get inside there. And I think there had been some parties in there, you know. So in the mean, anyway, we buy the house and move in it. And one night in the middle of the night, I hear this, you know, this, this banging sound. And um, we had this little powder room off our master bedroom. It had, you know, a toilet and a sink. It was a little tiny powder room. And... Um, um, I thought the lease was in there. I said, honey, come to bed. And she says, what? And she, she's right next to me. <laughs> the lights come on, I mean, figuratively as well as literally, and all of a sudden the sound stops, and, and, and then we realize someone was trying to break in the house while we're trying to sleep. A couple of things happened to me. First, I thought, oh, someone's trying to break in. I'm going to get hurt. And then something else welled up in me, and I got angry. I felt violated, and I went outside looking, and Lisa's calling the sheriff. It's 2.30 in the morning, and, and she's saying, somebody's trying to break into our house, and they're saying, you know, what's the deal? Well, your husband, you know, anybody there? Well, my husband is outside, and he's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Right? laughs> so they say to her, get him in the house with his gun. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> It sounds funny, but I mean, this is what's going on. Nobody, you break into my house, you, 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 I, will, I will stand between you and my family, you know, kind of a thing. Just whatever, you know, whatever it is, that's going on. Okay, that night passes. It was probably as innocuous as it could be, probably kids looking for a place to party. But here's what happened. For six months, I slept with my 357 Magnum within reach of my bed. I thought, you know, I'm protecting my family. And I remember at a certain point, the Holy Spirit confronting that in me and saying, okay, hey, Tara, I'm going to ask you something. Do you want to rely on that 357 to protect your family or you want to rely on me? Because you're living in fear, brother, son. Remember that? <laughs> I locked that gun up. Um, listen, Nothing wrong with protecting yourself when you need to and all that. I'm not, I'm not making a statement against guns. You know, I own hunting rifles and I have, you know, I'm not making, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going there. That's not the point. The point is, where was I putting my trust? Because my thought life, I was these toxic, toxic fear, this fear. That, okay, so anybody ever here have fearful thoughts? Yeah, so some of us are prone to having fearful thoughts. Thanks for that. Here's another one. Now listen, no elbows, Okay. No elbows, okay? I'm, that's marriage counseling at work right now. Okay, no, no, no elbows. I don't like my body, or I just don't like the way I look, or I can't be happy unless I'm dating or I'm married, or I can't be happy unless I have a fill-in-the-blank, or I married the wrong person, or uh, I wish my husband was more like that guy, or I wish my wife would not nag, 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 or... or I wish we had kids, or I wish we had different kids, or <laughs> I wish we had a better job or a nicer house or whatever. Um, if you're ever prone to being disconnected or d- discontented, come on. Anybody prone to being dis? Okay. Or critical thoughts. You look and you just go, oh, look at that. I would never do that. Or 
Can you believe the way she dresses, especially in the house of God? Or um, Who do you think he is? Does anybody here, do you know any critical thinkers? Show of hands. Okay, so you're being critical right now. <laughs> okay, so they're, they're um, you know, some people are even critical in the church. Oh, I don't like the way, we don't like the songs we're doing, or the music's too loud, or the music's too soft, or the pastor doesn't dress the right way, or I'm not being fed, or all of these things. There is a choice about being critical. Anybody prone to being critical a little bit? Yeah. Okay, so guard your thoughts. You've got choices about what kinds of things you're going to let your mind dwell on. If you want to find something negative, you can find something to be negative about. It's not that hard. You know, and sometimes your choice to not, your choice that you, 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 you could reject the harmful thoughts, your choice to not do that can affect other people around you. Here's a story um, happened to me. This is a long time ago, and um, w- we um, had a ministry partnership with other people we were serving with, and um, one of our characteristics, I think, is we're pretty loyal people, and we, we, we're pretty loyal to people around us, and we, we were being really loyal to uh, another couple in ministry, really serving them and, and um, faithful, really faithful to them as good friends. And um, we had established a good long track record about that. And the, the, the guy I'm talking about was a pastor, and, he, and he, the Lord was leading him to leave the area and go pastor somewhere else. And so this family was in transition. And um, we had faithfully served them. We had earned, some, earned a lot of trust with them. We really had earned it. And um, this guy says to me, he says, listen, my, my wife is here. She hasn't moved yet to come to where we're going to go. And so there's times she feels awkward and she feels alone. Would you just kind of look in on her? I said, yeah, of course. So I called her occasionally and I said to her, you know, if there's anything you ever need or whatever, just call me day or nighttime. I just want you to know you're, you're care, we care about you and we'll take care of you. That's the, the appropriate things that any of you would have done, right? And one day... In my relationships with her, it was like the bottom had dropped out of our relationship. It was just gone. There was no place to stand anymore. And I didn't understand why. What's going on? What's going on? And finally, she said, okay, well, I heard what you said. And I said, what did I say? And she said, well, so-and-so told me you said this about me. And um, I, I still can remember these words. She said, you commented about me and said I was a bitter, angry woman. Well, first off, I hadn't said that. It wasn't how I felt. I didn't believe it. Yet some other person doing this, causing division and strife in the body of Christ, of all places, you know, know, it happens, right? This will do that, right? Um, Made this comment to this woman for whatever reason, causing strife, and said, here's what Terry said about you, which was untrue. Now, um... I tried to turn into a pretzel to convince this woman and her husband that I hadn't said it. And my appeal sounded something like this, saying, hey, first off, my word is I'm telling you I never said that. But second of all, look at the track record here. 
Have you ever seen anything like that? What have you seen has been the exact opposite. Faithful, loyal, appropriate, you know, not perfect, but that's not in my, you don't see me saying that. I don't talk that way about, but you don't see that. I, I, you know, but it just, ching, no sale. It tore our relationship apart for a number of years. Now it's been redeemed, praise God. And it wasn't redeemed because I could persuade them intellectually. But the Spirit of God eventually downstream got into hearts that, that needed to get into. But here's the deal. This is an example of someone that hell put a negative thought into her mind through whatever process. And instead of rejecting the negative thought, she went to town with it. And it became truth as far as she was concerned. And it destroyed our relationship for a number of years. Destroyed it. Trust was absolutely gone. And there was nothing I could do about it. And I didn't deserve it. And the kingdom, the body of Christ didn't deserve it. And it was hard and it hurt. So not doing what we're talking about here today doesn't just put you captive, but it risks the people around you. So I, I say that because, you know, you can be negative if you want, or you can be critical if you want, or you can be discontented if you want, but you can choose something else as well. It's kind of like, you know, the difference between a hummingbird and a vulture. You probably, <laughs> okay, you know, I mean, Hummingbirds, you know, you know, they're pretty cool. Um, <laughs> have you heard this before? You know, they go, and what do they do all day long? Every day, all day long, they go around from beautiful thing to beautiful thing, drawing sweetness out. That's what a hummingbird does. Here's a vulture, you know. They spend all their time looking for dead stuff. They're looking for something that's dead. And you know, you can find the sweet things that will build your faith and encourage you and fill you with life. Or you can just ride the winds of wherever the winds are blowing and the currents will take you and you'll find stuff that's dead. And it's just not good for you. It's just not good for you. You will find what you're looking for. You know, you, you, if you look, you'll find things that will make you fear. But you know, God never gave you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of sound mind. You'll find what you're looking for. Jeremiah 12, there's this passage in there. It says, yet you know me, O Lord. You've seen me and test my thoughts about you. Drag, drag them off like sheep. Okay, let's put thoughts in there. Drag our thoughts off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. I mean, it's an acceptable translation in there. So we're going to guard our thoughts. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to look for them and we're going to identify them. And when the Holy Spirit signals and when we recognize it on our own, because the Holy Spirit's trained us, we're just going to reject the things that we know. Disagree with the Lord and disagree with his word. And we're going to replace it with the truth of God. Okay, so two steps. That was the first step, identify and reject. Here's the second step. We're going to replace toxic thoughts with God's truth. Philippians 4, verses 7 and 8. Let's take a look there. It says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Not the negative, the fearful, the discontented thoughts. 
you think about those things and the Lord will renew your mind. You think about the good things. At some point, as you train yourself to do this, this switch will flip in your soul and it'll become your second nature. And when toxic thoughts come seeping in, you'll just go, you pull a lever and trap door opens and drops out it goes and you become a different person. Keep going, verse nine. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received and everything you've heard and saw and then the God of peace will be with you. So we identify the false thought. We choose to reject it. We choose to replace it with God's word. Even though I still hear some things that, that are lies. Even though I'm hearing the lies, still they keep coming to you. Even though you still have to make this choice to reject. And then you choose to speak the truth. And as this process goes on over and over through circumstance and circumstance, it gets into your soul. It just seeps into your nature. It becomes who you are. And that switch flips on and it becomes instinctive. I know it's not true and I reject it. In fact, God says this instead. And although you'll find that although your circumstances haven't changed, something inside here has changed. And then you'll find that peace. And some of you have got to do what I'm talking about. Many of you are way down the trail on this and you're doing great and you can help people around you. But some of you, you've got to step into this to get yourself out of a place where you just always circulate in the same circle and it doesn't take you to peace and joy. You gotta get into this. You know, it's like, so you get these negative thoughts. Well, with as bad as I've ever been, I can never make a difference. No, I'm the righteousness of God, the word says. The righteousness of God in, in Jesus Christ. Or here's another one. Everything bad always happens to me. No. The word of God says that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. That's the truth. I'm never going to overcome. I'm always going to be this way. No, I'm overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word and the power of his testimony. I'm everything he called me to be, everything he created me to be, you know. We're never going to get out of debt. No, that's not true. I'm going to get completely out of debt, except for the debt that I'll never get out of, which is to love people. Romans 12, 2 says this. <laughs> and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. That word renewing, anachronosis, means a renovation that makes it better than new. It's not a factory refurbished model. It's like it went in and it came out as the next perfect, wonderful, better than factory new model. And the recordings of the past will just get erased. Those will just become something filed away as the recordings of the past. They're there, but they don't drive you. They don't control you. They don't affect you. They don't, they don't project into who you're going to be tomorrow anymore because your thoughts really do matter. A toxic thought can contain poisonous material that can make people sick and even you get them dead. And as we do this, God will renew our minds and we'll be better than we've ever been. I might like to have the, the team come up and, um, and prepare. And I want to pray. I want to pray. So would you close your eyes? And um, um, I want to um, just ask you to be completely as transparent and honest with the Lord and yourself as you can be and consider whether or not you're prone to things like negativity or critical thinking or fearful thinking, 
discontentedness. Think about the areas of your life where maybe you are yes to those or no to those. And just hold them before the Lord and say, Lord, this is, this is me speaking here. I'm ready to be shaped. God, I want to thank you, Lord, that um, this topic is something that you just love to get in and help change because you are the bringer of peace, not of confusion. And you are God, not of condemnation, but the Spirit does convict. So, Lord, where our thought life has led us places that you just were saying, no, 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 that's not my choice for you, son. That's not the way I want you to go, sweet daughter. I pray, Lord, that um, you would just gather up your sheep right now. And, Lord, I do ask God, even as I mentioned earlier in this message, I ask God for there to be something new and fresh in our hearts where the Holy Spirit would partner with our alertness so that, God, the minute negative thoughts, the minute those destructive and toxic thoughts begin to seed and to start to spin up, that there might be something of the witness of your spirit that would say, hold it, hold it. That's not good. Choose a different thought. Choose something from the truth. Here's what the word of God says. Then remind us, Lord, about your word. Lord, I also want to pray about anybody here who might be thinking about that story I told about how I was affected. If there are people here, God, for those that would say, ooh, I, I might have contributed to somebody else's toxic thoughts. Lord, help me to fix anything I need to fix. Or, in fact, Lord, help me not to do that anymore. I don't want to ask for a show of hands. So figuratively, without anybody, you don't have to physically do this, but I want you to raise your hands to the Lord if you would just repent of those kinds of things. Lord, your word says that there are several things that you detest, a lying mouth and eyes that seek out evil. And one, on the list is one who sows discord. Lord, I, 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 I know, God, you see these figurative hands that are raised. Forgive us, God, for those things. We, we want to be known as a friendly church. We want to be known as a loving church that really is a place of sanctuary for broken hearts to be here. For people who have been hurt and wounded here or other places in the past, that, Lord, that this will be a place of healing, relational healing, not just physical healing, that, God, this would be a place where people are accepted doesn't matter what they look like or what their history is, they would be accepted. So God, help us, help us to be the kids, your kids that can do that, be used that way. And Lord, while we're still praying, I, I talked about another, the battle that rages in our minds that there are people in this room, Lord, that I believe are probably waging, there's a battle right now about eternity. I pray, God, that those that are here that need relationship with you, they really don't have it, that today would be the day. That there would be a decision to yield of their heart, God. Please keep your eyes closed for a minute, church, while I just talk with you for a minute and then I'll pray some more. If you have, you can't say that you know you have a right relationship with Jesus, you need to have a right relationship with Jesus. And I make this appeal, church, that you make a decision to open your heart to the Lord sounds like a religious act. It's not. It's a relational act. Jesus really wants nothing to do with religion. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But he does want relationship. And that relationship will drive your eternity. If you've never opened your heart before, you need to do that. You need to receive the gift. You can't get there by being good enough. No one's capable. If you've never opened your heart to the Lord and you want to do that, 
I just want to pray with you after church. So I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. I just want to pray and agree with you. So I say, while eyes are closed, if you've never opened your heart to the Lord, come and find me or one of the other leaders of the church, someone that you feel comfortable with, and say, hey, I want to pray about that relationship with Jesus thing. And we'll just pray with you. That's all. That's all that will be. So Lord, um, do we just release you among us to do the things, the miraculous and the ministry things. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.